0: Welcome to Passion Life Church message in this series is all about God having a future for you. Let me say that again, God has a future for you. And it's taken out of Jeremiah 29, 11. It's an amazing, amazing verse. And God is speaking to this gentleman by the name of Jeremiah. He's a prophet and he foretells what God wants him to say to people. And uh, what you need to know about this scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11 is that God's people were in a place that they didn't want to be. And they were in a place that they didn't want to be because of their own actions. Have you ever been there? Have you ever kind of made a mistake or you felt like, man, you just made a wrong turn off the highway and the GPS had to reroute you? And so this is where they are at. They're in a place in Babylon. They're exiled because of their own decisions. They were worshiping other gods. Uh, They had made some bad decisions. Can I ask you a question? I won't ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever made some? bad decisions anyone and so they are disconnected and they feel like they are not at the place that they want to be have you ever been there Have you ever been a place, you may be there right now, where you just kind of feel, man, I just don't, my life didn't turn out the way I thought it would. I'm at a place where I just don't know what to do or where to go. But here's the great thing about this verse that we're about to read, is that although they had gotten them into this place, God wanted to get them out. Can I hear a good amen? God wanted to place them where he wanted to place them. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And here's God speaking through Jeremiah. And he says this, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. Would you say that with me? Say peace. Peace. And say this with me. Not of evil. Can we say that loud? Not of evil, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a Hope. You know what I've noticed about the scripture is that hope and future go together. When I don't see future, I don't have hope. And when we're disconnected or we come to a place where we just feel like we're out of place, we don't know if we are where we need to be. A lot of times the future looks bleak and that can affect our hope. But God thinks thoughts towards us, and he's going to tell us about our future, and that involves hope. And so I've entitled today's message, The Thoughts of God the thoughts of God how many of you today are married let me see your your hands you are married all right how many of you are single single all right keep them hands up and look around keep them hands up and look around guys I'm trying to help you out this morning single and ready to mingle let me see that let me see them hands all right see now everybody put their hands down when I said that notice that's why they're still single Come on, let me see all the single people. Come on, in Jesus, woo! we love you. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, come on, keep them up. Look around, guys, look around. Come on, look around. The best place to meet people is in church. Can I hear a good amen? amen. But one ha- what happens is when you spend time with people, for those of us that are married or maybe you're dating or maybe even it's just a family relationship, um, I know how my wife thinks. As a matter of fact, there's times where I could finish her sentences, We went to eat yesterday. We had a great breakfast at a local place that we like to go. And as we sat down, she looked at a menu. I looked at a menu and I just said, why are you looking at a menu? I said, I already know what you're going to get. She goes, what am I going to get? I said, you're going to get a buffalo chicken sandwich with French fries with extra buffalo sauce and a water with no lemon. And then she looked at me. She goes, why are you looking at a menu? I said, that's right. Why am I looking at it? She goes, I know what you're going to order. I said, so what am I going to order? She said, you are going to order the track race with the two pancakes and the eggs scrambled. And you're going to substitute the regular pancakes for the multi-grain pancakes. And you're going to get a decaf coffee because you already had coffee at home. You're going to get a water with a lemon in it. And your side is going to be bacon, gluten-free organic bacon come on somebody (laughs) that no one ever tasted ever and we finish each other's sentences the other day she said something and I didn't even say I didn't even think it and she finished my thought and how many of you know what I'm talking about you just live so close and I think that's how God wants us to live he wants us to know his thoughts in Jeremiah 29, 11, it's telling us that God wants you to know his thoughts. He's not hiding his thoughts from you. We have a God who shares his thoughts. Anybody grateful for that? A God. Yeah, come on. You can give him a great round of applause. And here's the great thing about this whole verse in this chapter when you read about Jeremiah is that he was talking to God's children and even though they were in exile they were in kind, in captivity they were like in a timeout and they were <laughs> they were in trouble and even in that God wanted them to know his thoughts and he wanted them to know that he has not forgotten about them See, sometimes when we get into a place where we feel disconnected in terms of just like, man, I don't know if, you know, should should I make this decision? I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You know what's great is that God wants you to know his thoughts and he wants you to know that he hasn't forgot about you. Because sometimes in those moments, we feel like God has forgotten about us. And God had not forgotten about them. And God has not forgotten about you. That is just so amazing to me. That the God of the universe, with all that he has going on, has not forgotten about you. He knows exactly where you're at. You may not know where you're at. But he knows where you're at, and he wants to share your, his thoughts with you. And I wonder how many of us, even today, as we sit here in church, we secretly probably wouldn't say it, but secretly we feel like God has forgotten about us. And maybe it's because of something that we did. That's the case. That's the context of, of Jeremiah 29, 11 was they, they made bad decisions. And I don't know how many of us even secretly like, God, you know, I really think that you've you've forgotten about me. And that's what's happening in these chapters is that God wanted to say, look, I want you to know my thoughts. And here are my thoughts about you. I'm going to share them with you. I'm not going to hide them. He said, I know my thoughts. Just listen to what God says. I know my own thoughts, people. Have you ever had a moment where you go, Why am I thinking that? Have you ever had that moment? God doesn't do that. God knows his thoughts. And he knows his thoughts about you. One translation says, I know the plans that I have for you. And thoughts is translated plans. And so he says, even though you may feel that you're in a place that you might not want to be, I want you to know that I have a plan and that it's not over. It's not over for you, even though you may feel you're in a season that you may not want to be in. I came to tell you this morning that it is not over for you. That's the good news this morning. And then he says, my thoughts are of peace. He says, when I think about you, I think peaceful thoughts. And we're going to break that down a little bit this morning. And then he says, my thoughts are about giving you a future, an expected end. That's that's hope. It's hope. So God was saying to them, and he's saying to us, to you today, in June of 2017, my thoughts about you are connected to a future. So listen, Passion Life Church. Listen to all those that are listening online. It's time for you to move forward. It's time for you to move forward. You've been in a funk long enough, so it's time to move your funk forward. Come on, somebody. Now, I want to tell you something. In this context of Jeremiah 29, 11, he told them it was going to be 70 years. And here's what we talked about last week. So what do we do from now to this great future that God has for us. What do we do from now till next? We do three things. But God wanted to let them know, look, it's not over for you and it's time to start moving forward. Come on, say that. It's time for me to move forward. Come on, it's time to let the drama go. It's time to move past all the stuff that has happened and today is a new day. Today, his mercies are new Every morning, even when it's raining in Marietta, California, and people are freaking out. It's, it's raining. raining. You need to talk to Noah when you get to heaven. He's going to be like, where would you live, Marietta? Pfft, that wasn't a rain. I love it. I love people who are like, it's raining. What am I going to do? Just chill out. It's okay, because it will dry, and then it will be dry again. Let's look at how God thinks. I want to give you four thoughts based on Jeremiah 29, 11. Here's number one. God always begins with the end in mind when God thinks. He doesn't think like you and me. God thinks and he always begins with the end in mind. Look what he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. He's talking to Jeremiah about his life. He says to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is telling us, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Before you were born I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So this is what God was saying. Before there was A you, I was thinking about you. Before your parents were even flirting with each other, before your parents even knew each other, I had a thought about you. Because God always begins with the end in mind. Here's what you need to know. Before you existed on earth, you existed in the thoughts of God. That's deep. Deep thoughts with Pastor Phil. That's deep. That's deep. But here's what you need to know. When you understand that you existed, this is what God told Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the womb, before I put you in the womb, before you were born, I ordained you, I had a purpose, I had a future for you. Why is that important? Because that means your life is more significant than what you think. That means your life is not limited to, well, my parents, you know, just my parents and my family and my this. Hey, you know what? I understand you have family stuff going on. I, I understand that maybe your family situation was that good. It wasn't that good that maybe where your parents and all this stuff, but can I tell you even before your parents and all the stuff that happened with them, God had a purpose for you. God had a future for you. So here's what we have to do. We have to drop the excuse that we are who we are because of our parents. Listen, and we have to, by faith, accept who God wants us to be. And see, when you understand how significant your life is, then you don't limit God and say, well, you know, my mom and my dad. And you don't limit God, well, you know what? I'm not from Marietta. I'm from, and you can fill in the blank. Because you know what? People, that's how they look at their future. They look at through their future through the filter of family and from where I grew up. But when God looks at your future, he looks at your future through the filter of who he planned for you to be. If you're not going to get excited, I will because I'm excited. Because that means that God had thought about me even before I existed. There's a life that's bigger than you So, when God gave you a beginning, it's because God already had a future planned out. So, when God gave you a beginning, He gave you a beginning because He already had your end figured out. God never, God never starts something without having the end. In mind, and you need to know because this is who he is in Revelation chapter 22, verse 13. It, he says, I am, I am. This is what Jesus is saying. God is saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Pastor Phil, what is Alpha and Omega? He's going to tell us the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So, watch this. That word, I am, those two words are present tense. So that means God is in the beginning and he is in the end at the same time so God was in our beginning and I think we can have faith for that because we say well I'm here so God must have done something he brought me into this world and I can have faith that he's in the beginning but the reality of it is is he's also in the end at the same time so in my end he is the omega he is the alpha which is the beginning and he is the omega in the end so he has already seen your end. And so because he's seen your end, he gives you a beginning. But let me just tell you this Passion Life Church, God is in the future, even though you have not been there yet. And he comes from the future and he tells you, listen, I've scoped out the future for you. I've been there. I know you haven't been there yet. And I want you to have an expectancy. I want you to have hope in the future that I have for you because I've already been there. I am in your end. I am in your future. I am is always present tense. So God knows the future because he's there right now. He's there right now. Tomorrow's already covered. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. And he says, look, I want you to have an expectant and God always finishes what he starts The best way I can describe this to you, because some of us go, well, I'm supposed to be excited about my future, but man, I've made some decisions and I've just done some things and maybe I just don't feel like I am where I'm supposed to be. Let me just tell you kind of how this works and the best way that I can explain it. If you look around, even today, you see some of the gentlemen that are in this room. They look a little downtrodden. They're not talking a lot. And I will tell you why. That's because football is not on. We are in the summer season. Notice how guys are very quiet. They don't have anything to talk about, right? That's why they're very quiet in this season. And I've asked some guys, I was like, what what are you doing now that you don't have football on? And you know what one guy told me? He's like, listen, don't tell anybody. But listen, he's like, I have have, uh, reverted to watching golf. I'm like, bro, you're really compromising now. You went from helmet and shoulder pads to plaids and polos? I don't know about you, man. I need to pray for you. You must really be desperate that you have to watch golf. Is golf even a sport? Come on, somebody. And if you play golf, God bless you. Go play with your friends. I have a lot of pastor friends that, you don't golf? How could you be a pastor and not golf? All pastors golf. How could you be a human being and golf and not be killed with boredom? (laughs) But what do you do, right? But when football season's in, I love football season, and I don't watch a lot of football when football is on because I'm at church because I love Jesus more than I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I come to church, but here's what I do. I DVR the games. How many of you know when I say DVR, what that means? I record the games. Now, let me tell you how this works. Because God is already in your future and he already tells you that you're supposed to have a hope about the future that he has for you. So I record the game and I tell people and I'm telling you now that during football season, don't tell me the score of the game. Don't tell me this. I want to have the experience of sitting on my couch and watching my Pittsburgh Steelers play. I want to have the experience that other people have. So I record the game. But then you always have those spoilers. Come on, somebody. Those people. And they're here in church. I know who you are. And they walk by you. And here's what they say. This is what they say. I know the score. And I said, I don't want to know. Don't make me rebuke you. And then some cannot withhold and have self-control. And they will say, you will be happy with the score. I said, I told you, I don't wanna know the score. And then they will walk by a third time and this is all they do with their eyebrows. I know what they're doing. And there's always a leaker, come on somebody. There's always that person that will come over and say, the Steelers won. Now I'm happy about that. But you know what, I wanted to watch the game. So you know what I do anyway because I am a gentleman? I watch the game anyway. But I know that they won. But you know what? When I'm watching the game that I recorded, listen, I'm watching the game and there are things that happen in the game that doesn't look like they're gonna win. There's some fumbles. There's some inter- interceptions that happen and the Steelers are down. It doesn't look like where they are, where they're supposed to be. And I'm thinking to myself, somebody told me that they win. And you know what? At the game as I watch it, when it comes down, some games can come down to a minute, and they will win, but see, when I'm watching the game, it doesn't look like they're going to win sometimes, but their future is that they win, and that's how our lives is with God, is you may look, and there may be some fumbles, there may be some interceptions, some wrong turns, some mistakes that you made, but I came to tell you that the future that God has for you is a good future, and we win in the end. Come on, somebody. Would you give him a great round of of applause. So, you better not tell me the score. God always finishes what He starts because He always begins with the end in mind. Those are that's how, we thought. That's how He thought. So, I thought about Jeremiah. That's how He thinks about you. Here's number two we're talking about God's thoughts. God thinks on purpose for a purpose. God's thoughts are totally deliberate and totally intentional. His thoughts. You know, David talks about God's thoughts in Psalms chapter 139, verse 16. And he says this. He says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. Wow. That is strategic thinking about you that even God saw your, even before you were you, he saw he had a future. And God tells Jeremiah, he's like, look, Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you because I made you for a purpose, with a purpose and for a purpose. And here's what we need to understand about God's plans. God's plans and his purpose always go together for your life. His plans and his purpose always go together. God's plan that he has for your life, what does he base that on? He based that on the purpose that he created you for. This can be very frustrating if you do not understand this. Let me tell you why. When God created you, everything that he created you with, your personality, your DNA, how many of you can tell I have a little bit of a different personality than? most. I'm different. I understand that. But you know what? I understand that God makes originals. Most people will die a cheap carbon copy of someone else because they do not realize that God makes you an original. And I'm okay with me. And I'm going to tell you why I'm okay with me because God's okay with me. And you know what, I have found that I am different in my personality, but I realized that God has used my personality for his glory because most people would not listen to me if I didn't make them laugh, if I didn't, if I wasn't intriguing. And it was in my seventh grade year that I had, I was always in trouble. I was the class clown. I, I'm just going to admit it. I always wanted, I could capture the attention of my, my, my classmates and my eventually, My seventh, in seventh grade, my teacher would take me out and put me out in the hallway all the time. And finally he got sick of it and he came out and he says, why don't you use the personality that God's given you for good instead of being negative? He says, what are you doing and how are you going to use your personality and what God gave you? He says, you have a gift, but listen, you're using it for all the wrong reasons. And I'll never forget that conversation And see, when God created you, he made such an investment in your DNA and your personality. There's a reason why you function the way you function. And can I tell you why? You function that way because God has a future for you. He has a purpose for you. So he's created you in a way that you can fulfill the purpose that he has for you. And so that's what, even before you were born, he understood. God is an investor. God invested in you. And let me tell you this, the plan that he has for us, the plan that he has for you is bigger than any plans you could ever come up with by yourself. His plans are not only bigger. Let me just tell you this. God's plans are better. This is why it's so frustrating when we don't feel like we're fulfilling our purpose because we were made for a purpose. So when we do not fulfill our purpose, there is this just discontentment that happens. This is why I could never, ever buy a fast car. I could never buy a sports car. Why, Pastor Phil? Because I know it's purpose its purpose is to get tickets, its purpose is to drive way beyond the speed limit, I would not buy a sports car because I would be in jail because I would be enjoying the purpose for which that sports car was made. And see, you were made with a purpose and everything about you that God made you for is for that purpose. And here's what happens. When we start losing sight of purpose, you know what starts to happen? We start going through the motions in life. Just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. You know what else? We start to feel like we're just existing. We're not living. I love that song that we sang in the beginning. This is living now. I love that because people think that they're living, but I'll tell you what, you don't know what living is like until you experience Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when he comes into your life, he brings purpose, a reason. He also, listen, what happens is that when we don't have or lose sight of our purpose, life feels empty on the inside. I mean, it just leaves, it feels empty. It feels like there's no meaning. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there. But here's what happens when you start looking at purpose in your life. Here's what purpose provides. Purpose provides the motivation, the reason why I get up in the morning. I have a reason. In that song that we sang, this is living now in the, in the beginning, it says waking up knowing there's a reason. I have a reason to get up in the morning. There is motivation in my life. Why? Because I have purpose. There's people that are counting on me to get up in the morning to make a difference to make a difference in people's lives. And I would just say, if you look at the motivation and you go, man, Pastor Phil, I just feel like I don't motiv- I'm i not motivated. I wanna tell you, you've lost sight of purpose. And here's another thing what happens. Purpose provides your passion. People who are not passionate have lost sight of purpose. Purpose. You say, Pastor Phil, why did you name the church Passion Life Church? Because we are a church with a purpose. When we are fulfilling our purpose, there is passion in our lives. You are passionate about what you want to do. I was talking with someone the other day here at the church, and um, they are retired now. And, uh, and, and I, we were just kind of laughing because I said, you're so busy. You're more retired now. You're more busy now then when you were working and you were not retired. And he said this, he says, you know why I'm so busy? Cause finally I'm starting to do what I love to do. And you know, what's amazing when you have passion, when you have motivation, man, you'll do a lot more. Why? Because you understand purpose. Here's another thing that purpose will do. Purpose will give meaning to your life. It actually also gives meaning to the little small details. See, I'm willing to do all the little small details. Why? For the purpose that it's for. That's why our team, and I love our team. They did such a great job. Even today in the rain, they come and they set up the speakers. And I've had people say, man, isn't just this all the school stuff? No, they set up the speakers. They came early in the morning. Do they like doing all this stuff? No. But you know what? When we keep purpose in the forefront, the details don't matter. Why? Because we know that this is just part of people's lives changing. And so when you have purpose, the details really don't matter. Or actually, let me say it this way. When you have purpose, it gives matter to the details. I got to set this up. I got to do this. Why? People are coming today. People are going to hear the gospel today. People's lives are going to be changing. So it makes meaning of the little small things. That's why we don't like the little small details because some of us just go, why are we doing this? Have you ever been there? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Nobody likes to do stuff without purpose. Then why would we live without it? And I came today to tell you that you have a purpose and you have a future. And this is what God was telling his people because they had made some bad decisions and they were in a place that they didn't want to be. And you may be here today and you may just feel like, man, I'm not sure if I'm here or what I'm supposed to be doing. And I came to tell you there's still a purpose. There's still a future. But we got to focus on that. Why? You know why? Because God thinks on purpose and for a purpose. Are you still here this morning? Proverbs 29:18 reminds us it says where there is no vision people perish. One translation says it this way, where there's no revelation. In other words, when I do not and it has not been revealed to me my purpose, one translation says this, the people cast off restraints. In other words, people will run wild when they are not focused when they are not focused. Cause here's another thing that purpose will provide for you. Purpose will provide a focus for your life focus, focus for your life. See, focus provides this focal point. And when I'm focused on stuff, and this is the hard part, this means I have to say no at times to things because I'm focused on purpose. And I was talking about this with someone yesterday and I said, here's the thing, we have to say no to good things sometimes so we can say yes to the great things in our life. See, there's a lot of good things. It's not bad or it's evil, but you know what? Sometimes we sacrifice great for good. And you know what? We do that in our lives. And I don't want to do that. I'm okay with saying no to good so I can experience the greatness that God has for us. And if we would be honest today, that's a frustration that we have in our life. You know why? Because you were meant for greatness. And there is that, that pull, that tension of, man, I, there's greatness. There is. But sometimes we sacrifice greatness on the altar of good. And I'm telling you what, you can settle for good, but God wants you to have greatness. And that only comes with having a vision. See, when I have a vision, I'm not into everything all the time. Right, I'm not just running wild, running all all over the place. See, with vision, my energy is focused. And I just really believe that some of us, we don't need more strength. Some of us just need to focus the strength that we have. I'm going to try this side. See, we can sit here and we pray for more strength and pray for more strength. But sometimes we don't need more strength. Sometimes we just need to put into focus the strength that we already have. And if you're running around with a chicken like it's head cut off, you don't have a vision. You need to have a vision. You need to get God's vision for your life. Vision for your family. We have a vision for our family. That includes certain things. And you know what? It excludes a lot of good things. But it also gets us to the goal. Gets us to the goal. Don't be like it was in Charlie Brown where he gets the arrow and he fires it up. And wherever it lands, he goes and draws the target. And a lot of people live their life that way. And see, there's three things you can do with your life. You can waste your life, just live void of purpose, don't care, do nothing. You can spend your life on all the wrong things. Or number three, you can invest your life. And you can invest your life into the purpose that God has for you. You know what I have found ultimately? Success is measured by God. This quote changed my life because I'm not living for anyone else but him. Because when you stand before him, you're not gonna have your name badge on from work with your title. When you stand before him, here's how God judges success. Did you do what you're supposed to do on earth? If you do that, you're a success. See, when I stand before God, this is what I want him to say. Well done, good and faithful servant. Can I tell you what we do, what I do? I think sometimes we measure our purpose and success by other people's. And purpose is not measured by what you have done compared to what someone else has done. Purpose is measured by what you have done compared to what you were supposed to do. See, so God has this plan. He's thinking about you strategically, and I know it's quiet in here today, because I know this can be a rude awakening, but it's for a purpose, because I want to get you back focused on the vision that God has for you, because life has a pull. People have a pull, and everybody's pulling on you. The devil's pulling on you. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? And it's so easy to lose sight of purpose, and then we walk around with no motivation. We walk around, we don't know what's going on, and I'm telling you, God has a great future for you. Let's get focused on it so we can do what God has called us to do. Thank you for the golf clap. Some golfers in the room. Come on, if you're going to give God a good round of applause, let's give it a good round of applause. Pastor Phil, you really don't like golf? No, I hate golf, but I love golfers. Just like God, he hates sin, but he loves the sinner. That's how I feel. God's purposes, eventually, eventually, and ultimately, will bring the fulfillment that you need to your life. See, to me, fulfillment in my life is more important than money. You know, in this stage of our, of our lives here at Passion Life Church, we've planted this church four years in a row. It's been four years. God's doing amazing things. And uh, the church has been growing. And, and I, I thought about many things because I thought about maybe in this season I need to do this. Maybe in this season I need to do that. But can I, just, can I just say this? I understand that right now fulfillment, I'm doing what I love to do. And it also affords me to continue with the vision for my family where I'm at right now. And that in this season is more important than money. And there are times that you're going to have to say no to stuff to keep the goal in mind. Come on, somebody. And my heart, my heart really goes out to people because somewhere along the line, we feel like if there's some sense of celebrity, that if people have money, and we have seen in the last two years... People, celebrities, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, right? Just Chris Cornell now from Soundgarden, Prince, all of these people, um, uh, George Michael, all of these people who people just gloat with celebrity. And at the end of the day, many of them committed suicide. And my heart goes out because in all that they had and all that the the world touts as success, at the end, it didn't fulfill them. And let's not buy into that lie ourselves to thinking that, oh, if I just had some more of this and I just had some more. No, you know what we need? We need to fulfill our purpose. Why? Because it's fulfilling. It's fulfilling. Here's number three. God's thoughts. Are you glad you came to church today? Here's number three. God's thoughts are about restoration. And this is really what this comes down to. And I love that we're talking about Jeremiah 29, 11 because this, this is, it's a great scripture for I know the plans that I have for you. It's a bright scripture in a dark chapter. And that where, that's maybe where some of us could be right now. We just feel like, man, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. And then here comes this scripture. And he says, look, I know the plans and the thoughts that I think towards you. And God tells Jeremiah this. He says, I have thoughts of peace. Peace towards you. Peace. Do you know he says not of evil? Because there's a temptation to feel like maybe I'm not where I need to be. So God, God's thoughts are evil towards me. And yet he shares his thoughts and he says this. They're not thoughts of evil. They're actually thoughts of peace. And hopefully this will make sense to you because it's not like peace. Um, it's not that. It's actually the word peace in the literal Hebrew text means this, completeness, welfare, health, prosperity. So in other words, God was telling his people, my thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace. I want to restore you. I want to restore you right where you're at for the future that I have for you. See, and he, he says this because he knew that where they were at, it took a toll on them. How many of you know sometimes uh, things in life can take a toll on us? It? Sometimes it's our decisions that, that are just bad decisions. And then sometimes we're affected by other deci- people's decisions. There are people listening to my voice today. You never thought you would be divorced. You never thought that your your marriage would end. And you did everything you could. But you sit here today and you go, man, I never thought I would be in this place. Well, can I just tell you, those decisions maybe that somebody else made, they hurt you. It caused you, man, pain and hurt. And God says today, the future that I have for you, I want you to know my thoughts are of peace towards you. Because I want to restore even your well-being. I wanna restore your emotions today. You know why? Because you're gonna need them for the great future that I have for you. And see, he knew that it wasn't just about the future, but he also knew that he had to get them back to a place and reroute them and heal them so they could get to a place where they could fulfill the future. Jeremiah 30:17. God says, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. Why? Man, because they had some stuff going on. They were beaten and battered by life. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I want you to know something. God has thoughts of peace towards you. And there's a second definition of peace, and it actually is restoring the relationship with God. See, today, you and I, because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'm not worried about my relationship with God. I have peace with God. That'll get you up in the morning when you know that you have peace with God. Instead of getting up in the morning and going, Is his thoughts evil or are they thoughts of peace? Again, he shares his thoughts, they're not of evil. They're of peace. I always want to bring you back to me. I want the relationship. I want to restore the relationship. And here's what's funny. Guess who broke the relationship? It wasn't God. It was them. God was thinking about them even when they were worshiping other gods. God was still loving on them even though they weren't loving him God was faithful to them even though they were not faithful to him and in all that he says to them I want to restore this relationship with you so can I just tell you this morning let's stop judging our let's stop judging our future by our past let's stop limiting God for what happened in the past God can do more with your future than you can do with your past. And no matter what is happening, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. How many of you know that those that take notes in church get into heaven faster? How many of you know that? I'm just kidding. I made that up. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. See, because God's plan is to outdo your past. With a great future. I'm going to say that again. Here's God's plan. It has hope. God's plan for you is to have such a great future that it outweighs your past. I know people who have gotten divorced, and it was a messy divorce, but you know what? They got remarried, and the second marriage is way better than the first marriage, and they are so happy. Can I just tell you? God did something for them that made them forget about the past, and they are excited about their future, and listen, don't magnify what the devil did in your past. Don't magnify your past. Have hope for the future that the future that God has for you is going to be so good, you don't have to think about your past anymore. Come on, somebody. Pastor Phil, but I do, I do, I do have a past. So let me tell you what God says. In front of me, there's hope and there's future. And you know what the Bible says? When you look back, if you do look back, Psalms 23 verse 6 says this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. So when I look in front of me, God wants me to see hope and future. And when I look behind me, he wants me to see goodness and mercy. So when you look back, see goodness and mercy. When you look ahead, see hope and future. When you look back, goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life. I wonder if there's anything in your life today that needs restoring. I wonder if it's a marriage that needs restoring today. Maybe it's your health today. Maybe it's it's even your emotional health today. Maybe it's your mind today. Maybe there's got a lot going on in your mind. I'm I'm still taken back. I'm 46 years old. And I'm still taken back at how I can be thinking about 40 things at the same time. Have you ever been there? And sometimes you want to put pause on certain things and your mind's going crazy. And, and, and let me just tell you this. Sometimes we need to know that God wants to restore even our mind, the past. And the Bible says if we read his word, he'll renew our mind today. Why? You need your mind for your future. I saw that old commercial in the 80s. They take out a pan, they pop an egg open and this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. (laughs) You know, we need our brain for the future. You need what God has made you to be to fulfill the future. And this is what I love about what he says. I'm committed to restoring it for you so you can do and fulfill the purpose that I've called you to do. And here's where we close today. Because I think this is really what's most important about this part of restoration is is that relationship with God. Why why is that so important, Pastor Phil? Because if you don't know God, you'll never know your purpose. Let me say that again. If you don't know God, you will never know your purpose because your purpose can only be found in him. Can I just say something, and many of you that have been coming to our church know me. I'm not here to condemn you. I, 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 I'm really not. That's not, you You are so in touch with your own sins here, I don't even have to point them out. Come on, can I, you know, the Holy Spirit is already, I don't have to sit there, and, I don't have to do that, right? My job is to get you from the problem to the solution. That's what I feel my job is, to encourage you to get to the future. But let me just say this, and I'm not saying here to beat people down and to condemn people, but I am saying this. People say, well, it doesn't make, it's not a big deal if I don't pray. It's not a big deal if I don't come to church. Not really a big deal. I mean, okay, I, I, I got to read the word this, this, this day. Oh, you know what? Then it turned into the next day. I didn't really come to church. Now it's been four weeks. Now it's been five weeks. You know, I haven't really prayed. Listen, that is not an issue of heaven or hell whether you prayed, read your Bible and can't come to church but it is an issue of you fulfilling your purpose because the closer you stay to God, the more purpose you know and the more purpose and hope that you have. Here's number four. See, God's thoughts are always about communion with you. Me seeking God, I'm gonna find my purpose in Him. You know, Pastor Phil, I don't, I, man, where I'm at right now, I don't know what my purpose is. Here is the answer you need to seek Him because when you seek Him and know Him, you will know your purpose. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. He says, Call to me. Come on, text me. I will text you you back unlike some people <laughs> call to me and i will answer you watch this here's what happens in this calling and knowing god he says call unto me and i will answer you i will tell you great and hidden things that you did not know in other words i will reveal to you what you're supposed to do i'll reveal to you your purpose. My church family, can I just tell you a little preventive medicine? Don't make your plans without God. That's why the Israelites got into this predicament in the first place, because they made their plans without God. Why, Pastor Phil? Because here's what happens when you don't seek God, you forget about God. One of Job's friends told Job in Job chapter 8, verse 11, in the, I love this in the Living Bible. This is what he says. He says, those who forget God have no hope. It's not a big deal if I pray. It's not a big deal if I get away. You know what happens? The further away you get from God, the more hopeless you become. And the more that I include God in my plans, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what is my purpose? I have hope for the future. I want to close with this scripture. Look what God says about communion with us, intimacy with us. Because really, you know what he wants? That's what he wants. He wants you. We finish where we began, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, but I want to read a little bit further. He says to the people who are in a season that they don't want to be in, He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope watch this, verse 12. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you, verse 13, and you will seek me and you will find me when you search me with all your heart. I will be found by you. How many of you think that's good? I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all All the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. My church family, the only way to know your purpose is to experience and walk closely with the one who created you and destined you for it. If you're a Christian, listen, you don't need to be running around after today's, what's my purpose? Here's what you need to do. You need to seek God and he will reveal to you your purpose and I just feel right now by the power of the Holy Spirit I know that they are not incredibly profound words but you need to hear it God still has a future for you thank you for listening today we hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message for more information on Passion Life Church visit us online at passionlifechurch.com